Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Since there are 12 months in the year, we have the opportunity to meditate about one of the apostles in each month. So in this month of July that just began, we are going to meditate on Thomas the Apostle. The apostles were chosen by Jesus. They're human, that is, it's so easy to see ourselves in them. Every time I meditate on their life, I feel a sense of relief that there is hope for me, that Jesus understood imperfections in the apostles and extended mercy to them with patience and love. And I can see that Jesus does that with me in meditating on their story. Thomas gets to touch the Lord's wounds. He is, expresses his doubt and his need for proof. And Jesus meets him right where he is. Does that not give you confidence for your path? Jesus accepts our limitations and meets us there to expand us. He believes in us in ways that we do not believe in ourselves. Face to face with Jesus, Thomas utters, My Lord and my God, one of the most beautiful expressions of faith in the Bible. It is so simple and so complete. We have wounds of incredulity. We have moments in our life when our faith is tested. We lose our way. We need proof. Who do you go to when your faith is tested? Let's ponder on that question throughout the day as we take a look at the readings for today. The first one from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. The Psalm 117, a couple of verses there. And the Gospel of John 20, chapters 24 through 29. In the Ephesians, we are called citizens with the Holy Ones. That is, we are of the family of the apostles who are the foundations of the church. In the Psalm, we read, go out to the world and tell the good news. And we know that's what the apostles did faithfully. We're still called to do that ourselves today. And in the gospel, we see the tender and intimate moment when Thomas touches Jesus' wounds. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Brothers and sisters, you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the Holy Ones and members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the capstone. 
So much is packed in this long sentence. Let's unpack it together. Jesus calls us brothers and sisters, and Paul does the same thing. He tells us we belong. We are part of a tribe of fellow citizens in the kingdom of heaven, citizens with the holy ones. We are members of the house of God, the church, which its foundation is found in the apostles and the prophets. And Jesus is the central piece. Jesus holds all the structure together. Listen to it. Through him, the whole structure is held together and grows into a temple sacred in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together. And what are we being built into? Into a dwelling place of God's of God in the spirit. My husband and I traveled to Ephesus for our anniversary a number of years ago. And we sat in a theater in this city that used to be a port city. Now the sea has receded, but there are beautiful Roman ruins there. And we sat in the theater where Paul would have spoken some of these words. And we read the entire letter of the Ephesians to make ourselves aware of those words that would have floated in that air, in that unique place, and to have them float into our ears. And it was a beautiful experience. There are so many things in this text that are architectural because it talks about foundations and it talks about cornerstones and the whole structure being put together into a temple that when you read this reading in Ephesus that has so many beautiful Roman buildings, you understand the mastery of Paul to translate the message of the gospel to the people that he was speaking to. And if he's speaking in that particular setting, those words would be very applicable because people could actually see the beauty of all those architectural spaces. In fact, Thomas because this is the reading that is read today, is often the uh, thought, the patron saint of many different things, but one of them is architects. And since I'm one, my dad and I would talk today usually and and reminisce, because he had also been in Ephesus, and he had always said that Syria and Ephesus were some of the most beautiful ruins that you could find, because it hasn't been, those sites have not been encroached by modern uh, new buildings So we see that we are being built into a holy temple, but we are built on the foundation of the apostles. So meditating on each of those pillars is a very fruitful practice. The psalm for today is Psalm 117, and it's only two verses, so it's very short and succinct, but it captures the essence of, of the praise that Thomas gives in that short, my Lord and my God, with which he responds once he's able to touch Jesus's wound. So the verse that we repeat today as our practice is go out to all the world and tell the good news. Praise the Lord, all you nations, glorify him, all you peoples. And we can almost hear that cry of joy in Thomas as he believes, as he understands, as he feels being sent out by the Lord. For steadfast is his kindness for us, and the fidelity of the Lord endures forever. God, Jesus, endures Thomas' questioning. 
And God remains in fidelity because that is his nature and, and his character in the midst of our doubts. God trusts us. Jesus trusts us. He believes in us. He waits for us to come around. This psalm is very simple and gets to the essence of Thomas's praise. Praise the Lord, all you nations. And we know that he did that. We know that he went as far as India where he died. And we come to the gospel reading from John 20, verses 24 through 29. There's so little that we know about the apostles in if we think about it. And so much then will be revealed to us when we die and we see how all things are connected. But we know that the name Thomas that is given to the apostle in the New Testament is derived from a word in Aramaic and also in Syriac that is similar or equivalent to a Hebrew word that also means twin. And the equivalent word for twin in Greek is Didymus. And that is what we see in the first verse of today's, today's reading. Uh, Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, says the reading for today, was not with them when Jesus came. I just love how the writers of the Gospels pack so much into small verses. So he's not there. The disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I've often pondered reading this passage where Thomas was as Jesus was being crucified because we know that the Gospels tell us only the women with Mary and John, the apostle, are standing at the foot of the cross. Did he get to see the crucifixion? Did he see it from far away? Was he hiding in the crowd? Did he get to see the body taken down? We don't know, but he knows the details. So we know that they, of course, everybody talked about this. We know that even from the two that were walking to Emmaus, that that utter that, don't you know, are you the only person that doesn't know the events that have taken place? So we know everybody was talking about what happened. But I always pondered, where was Thomas when this was going on? And is, is that place where he was watching the crucifixion part of this desire to say, I wasn't there when it happened. Can I be there now? Can I be there now in a way that is Real, So there's definitely unbelief, but there's another longing that I sense, maybe because it has to do with my own. And in the scriptures, oftentimes we, we put our own thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and ask God to align them and to shape them so that they can be his. The reading continues. A week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came although the doors were locked and stood in their midst and said, peace be with you. His words are being said for you and me as well. Peace be with us in the midst of this pandemic. They were so afraid they were being persecuted. They did not know what was going to happen. Just like we don't know what's going to happen. And Jesus comes in our midst and says, peace be with us. Then he says to Thomas, 
like he already knows. He doesn't ask any questions. He comes directly and says, put your finger here, see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side. Jesus knows before we ask. He knows the state of our hearts. And Jesus utters, do not be unbelieving, but believe. He doesn't come and tell him, where were you for the crucifixion? Or even, where were you when I came to see you guys? No reproach, no complaints, right to the grain, believe, hear, touch my wounds. Thomas answers then, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says this beautiful thing that reaches all the way to us. Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and have believed. There are so many things we can meditate on in this reading. So let's pick a couple. Jesus offers to be touched. What an intimate move. Touch the place of my injury. Touch the place of my hurt. Touch the place of my torture. torture. This is like ultimate vulnerability. Ultimate willingness to be open, to remain available in the face of disbelief. Is that how we act when somebody around us doesn't see us, doesn't understand us, doesn't believe in what we're saying? Do we have this ultimate openness that allows someone else to peel the covers like Jesus does from our eyes with mercy and tenderness. Jesus asks that we touch his wounds. How open and vulnerable are we in the midst of our own pain? Showing his scars, Jesus cures our unbelief. And we can use this example to treat others the same way. Gregory the Great, a writer in medieval times, says that Thomas's unbelief was of more advantage to our faith than the faith of the other believing disciples. Because through this unbelief, all of us are relieved of our doubts and our faith is made stronger. We know that we can bring that to Jesus and we know that Jesus is ready with mercy and tenderness to attend to our questions. Recently, an old friend of mine from college with whom I had not spoken in many years heard the podcast and reached out to me uh, and asked if I'd be willing to speak on the phone about questions of faith. She said, you know, I'm an atheist. We've been um, talking during the epidemic. Every week we've set up an hour. She's brought in a couple of her friends. And it has been the most beautiful thing to entertain her questions because they have expanded me. They have brought new ideas for how they're woven together. When you have to explain them to someone else, you have to look at them from their perspective. And it has been one of the gifts of the pandemic and of this podcast. We know that Thomas travels so far, as we said a minute ago, that he goes much further than the reaches of the empire. And even if you type it in Wikipedia and you look at a map of where he might have traveled through, that he would have gone through China, that he would have gone uh, through the Arabian Peninsula, we see that that drive to share the good news that Jesus sends them in the ascension and says, go and tell the whole world, 
is taken from this moment that Jesus invites him to touch his wounds. And he travels as far as the Malabar coast, which is in modern-day Kerala in India. So let us be like Jesus. Not only reach out to touch him and share with him our unbelief, the places where we need him to increase our faith and our understanding, but offer others around us as well to be touched. Because it is in this way that we are building the church on the foundation of the apostles, reaching out to each other on this horizontal dimension of loving one another as we build the vertical dimension of loving God.